Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It is an honor and a privilege to be in the house of the Lord today to stand behind this sacred desk to bring forth the word of God to his people. And God, you know, there are no mistakes with God. There are no surprises with God. He knows exactly who's going to be where, when, how, why. He knows all the ins and outs, the ups and downs. Amen. Praise God. So we give him glory this morning. We thank you, Father. We're going to be in the book of Luke today. And we're going to pick up in uh, chapter 16, Luke chapter 16. Well, maybe we were recording. Let's see. Everybody there? Luke chapter 16. And we are going to pick up in verse 1. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. We know that because the first sentence says, And he said unto his disciples. And we are his disciples. Amen. Disciples is to be under the disciplines, the teachings, the instructions of the Lord. And that we discipline ourselves by submitting ourselves to the Lord, his will and his way, his teachings. His methods, the way that Jesus did things. That makes us a disciple. We are under the disciplines of Christ Jesus. Amen. So let's move on. There was a certain rich man, Jesus said, which had a steward. And that same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and he said unto him, how is it that I hear this of thee how can this happen how could this be that you have wasted your goods he goes on to say give an account of thy stewardship for thou mayest be no longer a steward you know there's coming a day that we're going to give account of everything that we've done with in this body in this temple we're going to stand before the lord and we're going to give an account for everything that we have done it just reminds me of that as we're reading where this this the master or the Lord of the house called the steward and he said, give an account because you just might not be a steward any longer. Verse three, then the steward said within himself, what shall I do for my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship? I cannot dig to beg. I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship, that they may receive me into their houses. I know what I'll do. He came up with a plan. In the world, they say, make a plan and work the plan, right? So that's what the steward did. He made a plan, and he hears he's going to begin to work this plan. And he's going to see this plan work out. So he says, I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. 
So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him. And he said unto the first, how much do you owe to my Lord? How much do you owe to the boss? And he said, a hundred, a hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, take thy bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, take thy bill and write four score. And the, the boss, the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is un unjust in the least is unjust also in much. So I'm going to stop right there for a second. I want to talk about a couple of things that, we, that came up to the scripture and where we came up to that point where he says in verse 8, he, commend, he commended the unjust steward. The point that Jesus is showing us here is that the, the worldly methods, the way that the worldly man did this thing, he was earthly minded and he promoted his own interests. He wanted to take care of himself. He wasn't looking out for the Lord, for his master anymore. He wasn't looking out for the boss's household anymore. He was looking out for number one, himself. And the people in the world, that's what they're out for. You know, you say, well, they seem really nice. They seem very caring. And they called me up and they offered me this really good insurance plan. You know, and they were so nice about it. But they're only in it because they're getting paid to do it. They're only making these plans. They only do the things that they do because they're what's in the end. What's in it for me? That's what everybody in the world wants to know. What's in it for me? And so this steward, he was done being a steward. He said, well, now what's in it for me? He was already not a good steward because that's where his heart was. His heart was not for his boss or for his job or even for his family. It was for him on his own self. Now get this. If you were to hold up this steward to a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple, remember he's talking to the disciples. So why is he telling about this unjust person and how he was successful in being unjust? Well, it's just so that we can see the difference of what we are supposed to do. He says, for the children of this world, in verse 8, for the children of this world are in their generation and generation wiser than the children of the light. Now here we are the children of the light. And we walk therefore in the light. Amen. No more in darkness. We're walking in the light. We have the wisdom of the ages. The rock of ages. We have, we have wisdom that comes down from the father of lights. We have, we have the Holy Ghost leading and guiding us. In all truth and righteousness. But it's a choice. And so he's telling them. You know. What are you do? What is? What are the children of the light? The ones who say that they are Christians, the ones who attend the the weekly or the whatever the appointed times of coming together, the prayer meetings and the and and these things. What are they doing with what God has trusted them with? What are we doing with what God has trusted us with? Amen. Amen. We have yeah. We have money. We might have income. We might have a vehicle. We might have instruments we might have animals what are we doing with them 
And maybe, maybe this message isn't, you know, it's, all of it's not for you, but there's something in it for you. Amen. Is some of it's for you and some of it's for you and some of it's for you. So get, get what, what the Lord is saying. We need to be good stewards of what he has blessed us with. Amen. Amen. If he's given you the word of God, he's given you a gift with the word, use it. Don't hide it under a bushel. We're giving children, grandchildren, nieces and nephews. What are we doing with them? Amen. We raise them up in the admonition of the Lord. We teach them about Jesus. We get them in church. If we can get them in church, we, if we can't get them in church, we tell them about the Lord every chance we get. We tell them how good God is and how much the Lord loves them. We tell them that they were created in the likeness and image of the one and only true God. Amen? Amen. When we go out on the streets, do we seek God for an opportunity to share the gospel? You've been given this gospel. To whom much is given, much is required. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Jesus says, you know, look at these two things. Contrast them against one another. Believers are often not heavenly minded enough to use their own earthly possessions to promote their spiritual and heavenly interests. What does that mean? What are you saying here? Are we thinking about the kingdom of God all the time and realizing that we're walking under an open heaven, that we have the keys to the kingdom, that, you know, when we, we see somebody sick that needs so I saw a little, little Instagram video last night, late last night, this little girl, she reminded me of our little Mariah, she was just a little thing, and she said, when you see somebody hurting, crying, sad, somebody that's going through something, she said, you just need to go right up to them and pray for them. And she was just in our room sitting on our, on our beanbag or something. And she said, you know what? I want to pray right now. And she just started praying with every, anybody that was watching. And it was just so beautiful. You know, we need to have that heart like a child, Jesus said. We need to come like little children and be willing to share the gospel. We're always concerned what other people are going to think. That's not heavenly minded. If we're worried about what are they going to say about me, what are they going to think about me, that doesn't matter. What matters is, Lord, shall I speak? Shall I go up? Should I speak to them? Is the, is the time ripe? Is it, is it a good time, Lord? And let the Lord lead you. Amen? We are in this thing to the end, and we want to see it to the end, and we want to see other people come along with us. We want to see this church grow. We want to see your family, uh, your families grow in the Lord and multiply in the Lord. Amen. I want to see my family grow and multiply in the Lord. I want to see the ones that have wandered off to come back home. Amen. That's God's heart's desire. His desire should be our desire. What makes us get up in the morning should be the same thing. He's already up, right? So we can't say that. I wasn't going to say it. But it should be the same thing as why he lets you wake up in the morning. He lets you wake up in the morning. God. Amen? Amen. The scientists still, this is 2023, the scientists still can't figure out why you fall asleep and how you can possibly wake back up. They don't understand it. They think they understand all these things. We think they understand everything. They don't. They don't know. They're still finding new species. They're still finding stuff in human bodies they didn't know was there. And now they're going to have a whole bunch of new stuff since they've been putting new things in there. But anyways, we should wake up with the same, this is, you know, I'm talking to all of us right here. When we wake up in the morning, we should be like, Lord, what can I do for you today? 
Lord, what can I do for you today? Not, Lord, what you got? Lord, help me. Man, I'm all stoked up this morning. God, help me just get out of the bed. You know, we do. You know, sometimes we do. But maybe the first thing out of our mouth should be praise and obedience. Lord, I praise you this morning. I give you glory, God. I'm not even, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not even giving my body any credit right here. Lord, I just give you glory for who you are. I thank you, Lord, that the sun is up again. And today is another day that we have an opportunity to share the gospel, to let the light shine. Father, I thank you now because you are glorious. God, I thank you for the promises that you are the yes and the amen and everything that you said that you would do, you will do. That you are a God of covenant. And as we, we are going to be doing the, the Thanksgiving meal, like the, 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 the communion meal today, it's a, it's a covenant meal. It's a reminder of a covenant of the New Testament of Jesus Christ. It is for us to, to understand that he is in us and we are in him. And that when we wake up in the morning, it's a moment beyond. You can't say, oh, it's a magical moment. That's stupid. It's not. Amen. It is a supernatural act of God. Every, oh, hallelujah. Every time you open your eyes up in the morning, every time you open your eyes up at 3 a.m., it's a supernatural act of God. Amen. And we need to praise him. Hallelujah. We need to thank him, Jesus, that we are alive and that we are well and that he is God. And that we know him and that Jesus came so that we can have a relationship with him or put us back in the right standing with Father God. And now we can have a relationship with God. Even better than Adam had. Amen. That's something to meditate on. All right, glory to God. And I say unto you, make to yourselves, I know, I'll go ahead and read through it since I started it. And I'll say unto you, make unto yourselves friends of the mammon of righteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Now, we understand that mammon is like worldly wealth, money. It could be things. It could be, it could be um, our neighbor has 150 head of sheep. It could be sheep, right? That's wealth. We look out there and we say, man, that guy's got it going on. And then, man, I don't know if he ever sleeps. It seems like he's going all the time. He's going over here. He's selling hay. He's going over here. He's selling a truck. He's going up. You would see him up and down the road. He's everywhere. He's on a tractor over that piece of property. Now he's on a tractor on that. Where is he doing? <laughs> we can't keep up with this guy. But mammon is, is that worldly wealth, the things that, that people seek after every day when they get up to go to work and they, they, they're just going. It's not a lot of people are just working for a living. A lot of people are just working to get that extra money. They say weekend warrior. So that means they're not warrior warriors. They're partiers. They just want to make some money so they can go do the thing, have the experience, and then go back to work on Monday again. That's pretty sad existence. Without God, it's wasted. Without the Lord, what's it all for? We need Jesus. Jesus, if you're listening to this, this podcast and you, you hear this and you, you say, well, you know what? What is it all for? I'll tell you what it's all for. You're created in his likeness and image to bring glory to him. You're created to have a relationship with Father God. You're created for glorious, glorious, wonderful, majestic things in your life. Not just to go through the, the ruts of one, the same thing over and over and over again. Not just to make money, pay taxes, and die, as they used to say in high school. Amen? It's, not a, it's way more than that. That's what the devil would have you to believe. But Jesus has so much more for you. 
Because people, humans are naturally, or because of the fall, before Jesus, without Jesus, they're naturally unjust, they're naturally greedy, they're naturally uh, power hungry. They become involved with just accumulating as much as they can get. They want a bigger house, a bigger car, a bigger bank account. They want, they want, they have, um, people have apps on their phone now. I've, I've, I witnessed a young man a few years back and he could barely put his phone down. He wasn't playing video games anymore. He was grown up and he had learned about these um, cyber coin things and investments and he could barely put it down because he was watching the, the stock market go up and down, up and down, when to sell, when to buy, when to sell, when to buy. And he could, when he would drive his car, his phone was up here and he's flipping, flipping, flipping the whole time. I'm like, dude, where's the peace in that? Don't we know that our God holds the future? When the stock market crashes, where is that going to be? I, I don't keep up with cyber stuff, but I think that the Bitcoin is not doing too well. I could be wrong. It changes them like this. But our God is constant. Amen. And our God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. Our Lord knows what we have need of. So when we invest into the kingdom, our time, our money, our labors, we invest into the kingdom, the, the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of time, the sacrifice of, of spending extra time with the kids and maybe we don't feel like it, or going to, to bake a cake and take it to the neighbor because they're not feeling well, or whatever it is that God lays on your heart to do, making those sacrifices or investments into the kingdom of God. We must use possessions and money in a way that promotes God's interests and the salvation of others. So we must invest in the kingdom of God. The things that we do must be sown, not just because of out of duty. Amen? Well, you know, pastor says we're supposed to give, so I'm going to give. I don't know about y'all. I've been in that position in my lifetime where they say, okay, well, it's time to get your wallet out. And I think, oh, no. Oh, no, I forgot to bring cash or I don't have any money or, you know, just sometimes you just feel like, <laughs> but now it's a joy because you begin to realize that when you put so into the kingdom of God, God blesses you back for that. And then it becomes even a greater joy when you realize, you know what, I'm not even worried about whether he blesses me back or not because I just love to see the kingdom of God grow. I love to be able to see the ministers, the men and women that are anointed of God to be able to do what they need to do. To see our youth have, have what they need to hear the gospel. Anyway, so we need to sow into the kingdom of God. And we need to seek God about those things too, just the same way I teach you all the time. Ask God, where do I sow? What do I do? Amen? There are ministries that are going on that need, need people to donate to them, that need people to sow into them. But the first place you donate, the first place you sow is into the house of God, the storehouse. Amen? You bring your tithes and your offerings to the storehouse of God. And then above and beyond that would be giving to ministries that are like outreach ministries and whatnot. Amen? But the Lord might lay it on your heart to give to a widow. Amen? Or an orphan or an orphanage. So just ask the Lord. In verse 11, 
I know, well, I wanted to stop. Wait a minute. We haven't finished verse 10 yet. And he's, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And we know that, that with, you know, there's a, the psalm that little is much when God is in it. We know that the Lord said that if you'll be faithful, Jesus said, if you be faithful over a little, I'll make you ruler over much. Amen. So he's looking. Jesus said, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? So he's looking for that faith. He's looking for that faithfulness. He's looking for your commitment, your willingness to step off. Amen. Peter's, you know, we always look at Peter and we think, wow, man, he's a little crazy. He stepped off that, that boat and he sunk right down, right in front of Jesus. He sunk right down. But no, the fact of the matter is there were other disciples that sat on the boat and watched. And Peter was willing. So he said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. Amen. Lord, are y'all getting it? Lord Jesus, if it's you telling me to do this, bid me. Bid me to come. Quicken my spirit. Call me. I'm, I'm right here. I'm listening for your voice. What did Samuel say? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen. Glory to God. So he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. So when you begin to be faithful in the small things, you'll be, you'll be proven to be faithful in the bigger things. Amen. And God will commit more things to you. And he will expand your borders. Amen. Amen. But he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Now I want to highlight and underscore this, especially for anybody that's younger, that's listening, but you know, sometimes even us older folks, <laughs> we get, we get to where we just trust, we want to trust people. We want to be, um, kind and loving and accepting and, and just look over things. But Jesus, this is our Lord. Remember the one who's teaching us about discipline <laughs> and Jesus says, he that is unjust is unjust also in much. So if you see a person who is unjust in a little thing, don't trust him with something else. Amen? Amen. That's, that's baseline discernment. Today, they want you to accept everything, everybody, anyhow, anyway, but that's dangerous. What if you were saying, well, I know this man was unjust in this, but I'm just going to let him sleep in our house with our three girls this week. Not with our girls, but, you know, we have three girls in our house. And we're just going to let this unjust person come in and, and sleep right across the hall. And we're all going you know, go to go to sleep. Does that sound like a good idea? No. Maybe, maybe he could sleep in the camper outside if we have a camper. Maybe he could camp out in the backyard or something. Or, you, know, but, you know, we have to be wise about these things. Gentle as serpents. <laughs> Gentle as doves, but wise as serpents. Amen? Amen. Oh, my goodness. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Thank you, Father. Okay, let's read verse 11. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So in other words, if, if you're not faithful, and so we want to go to the bank and borrow $100,000, houses these days are running, good gracious, ridiculous. I don't know if you looked at house prices. The price of a house that used to be, I think, Maybe seventy-five thousand is up around two hundred thousand right now. When we uh, when we left South Carolina, we had a house that when we first bought it, we paid one hundred twenty thousand. We bought it under market because it needed work, and we sold it for 
We remortgaged it, re refinanced it. But anyway, we sold it at just under 200000 We did not make a profit because we had to do something to the septic tank. <laughs> anyway, but then... We broke, we, you know, we're, we're okay. But then we drive by there now and we look at it. The people that bought it, they got it fixed up the way they like it. But if you look at the value of that house today, it's worth like $400,000. You know, you, and people would say, well, why? You should have stayed. You shouldn't have sold it. You should have done this and you should have done that. You know what? No, my God said, go. He said, sell, sell it all, give it all away. We did it. Amen. And God has taken care of us every step of the way. Amen. We've always had a roof over our head. We've never frozen. We've never. We've had you know some form of water when we needed it. <laughs> we've been through some hard times, but God has been faithful. Amen. And we've learned so much. Praise God. Amen. Amen. All right. So he says, if you're if you haven't been faithful over a little, you can't be faithful over your own. Checking account. Maybe maybe you've overdrafted your account several times. Well, they look at that when you go to the bank and you want to make a, a ask for a loan to buy a four hundred thousand dollar house, and they say, "Look, your your bank account's overdrafted. You're in the rears." Or we see that you had a credit card with uh, Dillard's or whatever it's called, and, and and you you paid it sometimes, but you didn't pay it regularly. You weren't faithful with it. Can you get the baby? Say another the mic. Get the baby a spoon. <laughs> We're gonna be good stewards over the baby. So, um. <laughs> he that is faithful in much, but if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the riches? So if we can't be faithful over a little, he's not going to trust us with a lot. And the world is the same way. If you can't be faithful over a little, they're not going to trust you with a lot. Even, even the vilest of sinners would not trust you with the money bag. <laughs> Amen? If you couldn't be faithful over a little, they'd be like, no way, man, you're not touching my stuff. They'd be hiding it from you. So we must be faithful over a little and he will bless us and, and commit to us more riches and more things. And it's not about things. It's about the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. The, the, the more that when you're faithful over the little things in the kingdom, he'll put you over more things in the kingdom. This side of glory and the next. Hallelujah. The other side. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? If you can't be faithful in your job or in, or in taking care of things that don't even belong to you, how are, they, how, how are you to be entrusted to give you the keys to the house? How would they trust you to give the keys to the car? I know people who's, whose kids have taken the car, and it seems like almost every time they take the car, they wreck it. They drink and drive. They, they, they do bad things to the car. They have brand new cars, and they're torn up, and they're trashed because they keep giving the keys to the, ki to the, the young people. That are not, not, not because they're young, but someone that's not trustworthy. They haven't proven themselves to be trustworthy. And either they get guilted into it or they, they, out of necessity, they hand over those keys. And as soon as they do, they do whatever they want with it. So we have to be under, you know, wise over the things that God has trusted us with. That vehicle, he's trusted me with it. I have to be wise over it. Our vehicle this week started acting crazy. 
started oil going everywhere. And I was like, mm, bless it, Lord. <laughs> bless it. We did put a little something in it, but that doesn't always work. It's got nearly 400,000 miles. The next morning, Larry went out. I said, how's it, how's it look? How's the car doing? You know, cars don't have souls. They can't argue with you. Isn't that good? <laughs> he went out and he checked on it. He came back in. There's not a drop of oil. Not a drop of oil on the, on the ground underneath it. Nothing. It's gone. Hallelujah. Amen. The week before that, the brakes went out on it. It was expensive, but God provided. Amen. Out of nowhere. We don't know how. It's God. It's just God. So the more we, we commit these things to the Lord, the more he's going to take care of them. And whatever it is in your life right now that you're struggling with, whatever it is that you're not sure what to do with it, he's saying, commit it to me and let me multiply it. Let, commit it to me and let me show you how to, where to sow. Let me show you how to invest. Let me show you how to do these things. Amen? And he will. And he will bless you in it. If you'll be, if we, all we have to do is walk in obedience. Lord, what would you have me to do for you today? Verse 12. And if you have not, no, verse 13. 13. No servant can serve two masters for one, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve both. But what you do know is that the Bible says that he has laid up, that the, the wealth of the, the wicked is laid up as an inheritance for the just, for the righteous. Amen? So we know that, and looking at what Jesus is saying to us today, and here in the verses and the scriptures that we just read, that if we'll be faithful over what he's given us, and we won't... So you, you, you don't want to invite that person that we're talking about, the unjust person, into handling your finances necessarily, right? But you watch them, and you see that they, they've learned how to invest wisely in the world and how to make investments. And you watch them, and you see. And that's what he's saying. That's what this man did. And the, his Lord, his master, saw that this unjust steward, or the unjust yeah, steward had figured out a way to build his wealth. And to protect himself, right? And so then, he says, this is one that kind of confuses people a little bit, but in verse 9 he says, And I say unto you, make unto yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. If we will allow ourselves to understand that this is the world that we live in, you have to have money. You have to have finances. You have to, you know, you, sometimes it's a hard pill, pill to swallow, so to speak, but you have to get a job. You, there has to be some income producing activity going on so that you can have, if you want electricity, if you want to have a car, you got to do something to be able to buy that car, to put gas in the car, to have the things fixed and, and repaired on it, to pay insurance because it's the law, right? So we, we do these things. Because we're in the world, we're not of the world. So he says, when you have, when God trusts you with money, when he gives you money, learn how to invest it properly. Learn how to take care of it right. Learn how to sow into the kingdom first. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these other things will be added unto you. Amen? So this is a, 
This is the message that the Lord gave us this morning, is to be good stewards of what he has given us. You can write, maybe make a list of all the things that he's given you and ask yourself and meditate on it over the next couple of days of how am I stewarding these things? What can I do better? Where, what should I do? And not in your own mind. I'm talking about seeking the Lord for it. And if you don't hear an answer right, then skip it. When you're taking a test, you don't know the answer, you skip it and you go to the next question, right? See if the Lord's got something for you on the next one. Let the Lord lead you through the process. Amen? It may be years before he tells you what to do with question A. It could be weeks, days, moments. But just trust God in the entire process. Amen? All right. Glory to God. And then the last verse, we're just going to you know, reiterate that one more time, that you cannot serve two masters. You will either hate the one and love the other or else hold on to the one and, and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So you can't serve God and the money. You can't serve God and the world system. But you can serve God and live in the world. Right? You can serve God and go through the processes that need to be gone through because you're, you're on this earth and you live in this country, in this county, in this state. Right? So you go through those things. But God will go through them with you and he will lead you through them. We don't worship that money. We don't allow those things to become bigger than God. Our kids can't be bigger than God. Our spouses can't be bigger than God. Our church can't be bigger than God. It's got to be God first. Amen. Always God first. Amen. Always God first. No matter what the circumstances, it's always God first. Not family first, not family and God. Amen? It's God first in every circumstance. And that is where it, the root of being a good steward is, is putting God first and seeking him. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you this morning, God, for your word and for the way that you have brought it forth this morning so sweetly, so beautifully, Lord God, and so easy, I believe, to understand because it is your word. It's your ways, God. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, to train us up to be good disciples, to keep teaching us as we're hungering and thirsting for righteousness' sake. God, we're hungering and thirsting for more of your kingdom, more understanding of who you are, God. We just want to walk in your, in your well, in your, in your presence, in your, the path that you have set before us, God. We want to hear your voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. We want to hear your voice. We want to be obedient to that voice. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And let us ever be good stewards of what you have set before us, what you have given unto us, what you have released and trusted us with, Lord. We give you glory and we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.